Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. How you doing? Good. Can't really see anyone, but that's okay. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that will help me. But uh, it's good. I've been loving this series, Hope Speech, to be honest with my uh, little oak, five, stage five clinger, who refuses to go into kids' church at the moment. I have uh, missed the series in full. So this week I went through and I listened to every single one of those messages back to back and uh, it's just been an incredible series and um, I just have to say a shout out to my husband because I haven't, I, you know, Mums get it, right? Mum life. You don't often get the whole message. And so often I don't even hear my husband preach. But you're a brilliant communicator. My goodness. We just... I'm like... I was actually lying in bed listening to these messages just going, oh my gosh. Just you, the way you articulate the Word of God and even do it in his assignments. He got an assignment result back this week. He submitted this theology assignment a few weeks ago and said it's in I'm expecting a pass it's just like whatever gets his results back gets a high distinction I'm like come on who are you who even are you favor ain't fair so anyway hopefully a bit of that rubs off on me and you know helps me out trying oh that's what the long hug was trying to transfer that communication gift but no We're going to get into it today. I have 17 minutes and I'm going to continue on in this um, great series. And the the part that I have been asked to focus on today is the gentleness and respect part. And so always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. One translation says, do it with utmost courtesy. I like that. But the method in which we deliver the message is so important. Um, We are delivering the good news. The gospel is the good news. And so it's the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive is the gift of salvation. And so how we present that and how we speak about that and how we treat people in doing that is so important. And um, yeah. The method is, is, is as important, almost as important as the message. But imagine you have got this most precious, incredible, once-in-a-lifetime gift that you have to give to somebody. And you're like, I don't know about you, but I get a real thrill out of giving gifts to people. Some people, they're, they're a next-level people. Like I would say Sarah Farah, Jasmine Adams. They're up there with like next-level gift-giver people. They're just like, man, you make me look so inadequate. But that, it's a gift. It's, and it's actually it's, it's, it's a gift they're in the Bible of, of generosity. Some people, it's just their thing and they do it so well. But I love finding the perfect gift for someone and I get so excited to give it to them. Um, mostly for my husband and it's like Christmas or birthday or something and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to blow his mind. I get such a thrill out of that. And so it's not just the gift that I get excited about, but it's like, okay, 
How, let's create the moment around this, like, how am I going to give it to him? What am I going to say? How am I going to wrap it up? What's it going to look like? How is he going to respond? But imagine that you had this beautiful, incredible, once-in-a-lifetime gift for somebody, and you just threw it at them, and you just went, there you go, got you that. Or you had, like, this aggression and, like, this cost me so much money, I really couldn't afford this, but I thought you'd like it, so there you go. Or you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter how valuable the gift is. If you're going to give me a gift like that, I'm going to be like, thank you, but no thank you. Unless the gift is a full-time housekeeper, then I'm taking that. (laughs) Giving me that, I'm taking it all the way, and then I'm saying, get out of my face. Change your attitude. But how we present and how we give a gift to someone is so important. And so how we share the gospel and how we treat people is so important. It's important for the way that they are going to receive that message. And I believe that all of this, and man, this is where I could get emotional because Jesus has been undoing me. (laughs) Why do I do this every time? But how it all comes down to our revelation of the cross and what Jesus has done in our own life and the love that we have for others. Because if we don't understand the bigness and the weight of what Jesus has done for us and if we don't really like people we're not going to be compelled at all to share our story with anyone and so it begins with a deep revelation of the goodness of God and what the power of the cross means for us in our own life and a heart that is compelled to share that with others One of my prayers has always been, gosh, right from when we were in youth, God, help me to see people as you see them. Because this thing gets on us. It's like cynicism. It's negativity. It's judgment. And we have to consciously throw that off often. Like it's daily sometimes for me. If I'm in a bad space and I'm frustrated with people, it's this daily decision to throw off. It's like get off me and just Jesus, change my heart. Change my heart. Help me to see people how you see them. Help me to love them like you love them. Because until that's the way we feel for people, Until our heart breaks for people, nothing inside of us will even want to share our story or love on people. Every single person is created in the image of God and is on a journey to discovering Jesus. Every single person that walks this earth is created in the image of God, by God, and has 
an incredible purpose and is on a journey to discovering him. And so we should treat every single person as valued, as significant, as worthy, as treasured, not the people that are cool, not the people that we gel with, not the people that are easy, not the people that are clean, not the people that can give us something, not the people that we like or that we're going to get something from, but every single person is on a journey to discovering Jesus. And our job is to understand the power of the cross, to love deeply, deeply love people, and to share gently and respectfully all that he has done in our life. Jesus was the ultimate example of this. We can't really look much further than Jesus. And there's a few um, beautiful examples of this in the Bible. Are we good? Sorry, that got deep very quickly. We usually do like the little intro, warm up everyone, get a few laughs, but we just went there straight away. Jesus and Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus is this guy, he's a chief tax collector. He's not liked. He's called a sinner. He's labelled a sinner. He's like he's not a, a liked person. He's not a cool dude. No one wants to be friends with that guy. And uh, so Jesus is walking through. He, he stopped and he was sharing. And well, he was walking through actually because Zacchaeus, he's short. I don't know how short he is. Do you know how short he was? About my height. That's not short. Come on. It is short. So he couldn't see what's going on. And so he runs ahead. He's like, I know what I'll do. Runs ahead, climbs this tree, and he's like, okay, now I've got a better view. So Jesus, the crowd's coming here. And Jesus stops. And uh, he goes, Zacchaeus, get down, at, get down out of that tree. I'm coming to your house for the night. It must have been the end of the day. I don't know. Maybe I should have researched this story a little more. But the point is, Jesus calls him out of the tree, goes, I'm coming to hang out with you for the night. I'm coming to stay at your place for the night. And everyone is like, are you kidding me? He is a sinner. Why are you going to his house? It was almost scandalous that Jesus had chosen Zacchaeus's house to go and spend the night at. Because of the kindness of Jesus, he accepted Zacchaeus as he was. He didn't require him to change before he went and hung out with him. He's like, I'm, I'm coming and hang out with you, no matter what you're like, no matter what you've got going on. Maybe it was because of this unconditional acceptance that Zacchaeus stopped Jesus in his tracks and said, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. If I've taken too much from anyone, I'll give back four times as much. I wonder what would have happened to Zacchaeus' life if Jesus didn't stop him that day. If he didn't stop, take the time to choose the guy that was rejected by people, labelled by people, not accepted by people. But instead he chose to see that guy in the crowd, the rejected one, and treat him with kindness, treat him respectfully. And out of that, Zacchaeus' life turns around. Another story is the woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine walking through a huge crowd of people? Picture like coming out of a stadium, like a concert or something, and there's just people everywhere. 
or you're at um, like a train station in the city in um, peak hour traffic. Not the Coffs Harbour train station. Let's not imagine that. Does anyone even go there? Who goes there? I don't know if anyone goes there. But anyway, imagine peak hour in the city and there's people just everywhere walking through and you stop and you go, who touched me? So Jesus is walking through and he goes, who touched me? And his disciples are like, there are people everywhere. There's people pressing on you. Like, just get on with it. And he goes, no, who touched me? I felt power go out of me. Who touched me? And so this woman comes forward. By the way, they were on the way to Jarius. Is that how you say it? Jarius' house. No? That's fine. We'll go with that. He was a... um, a chief in the synagogue and he had one daughter and she was dying and so they were on the way there so that Jesus could pray for her and so Jarius is like come on let's go and Jesus is stopping going who touched me and everyone's like hello there's people everywhere they're pressing on you let's go let's get to this house can you imagine the frustration of Jarius he's like come on my daughter's dying and Jesus stops takes the time and goes I felt power go out of me And this lady comes forward. She'd had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was considered ceremoniously unclean. People didn't want to go near her. They didn't want to touch her. They didn't want anything to do with her. She'd spent all her money on medical bills. But Jesus takes the time to stop. Who touched me? Daughter. She comes forward. It says she was trembling. She'd been healed by touching Jesus' garment. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. And she was healed in that moment. Meanwhile, they're like, come on. And then someone from Jairus' house goes, don't worry, your daughter's dead. Leave, him, leave Jesus alone. Can you imagine the fury of Jesus? Jarius, he's like, you are kidding me. My daughter is now dead. Long story cut short, Jesus goes and heals her, so it's all good. But the point is, Jesus took time. He saw her. There's four things that I love that stand out to me in both of these stories about Jesus. And the first one, which I just kind of touched on, was that he slowed down and he had time for people. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to see his daughter who was dying. There was a sense of urgency, but he takes the time to stop. The second thing is that he didn't go along with popular opinion. It was almost scandalous that Jesus was hanging out with Zacchaeus. But he didn't listen to the opinions other people held about Zacchaeus or the labels other people put on him. He chooses to see the best and he doesn't care what other people think about his choices. And this is why gossip is so destructive. Because as soon as you have an issue with somebody and then you choose to go and speak to other people negatively about that person, that thing then changes how other people view that person. So your sin and your offence has then transferred onto them which then changes how other people see that person. And it is so destructive. And this is something that we have to be so careful of in how we see people and how we treat people. 
everyone deserves to be treated with the utmost respect, regardless of other people's opinions. Jesus forms his own opinions about people because he respects them enough to do so. And this should be the posture of our own heart. We have to fight against judgment, cynicism and negativity every day and choose to see the best in people. Choose not to believe and not to um, go along with the labels and the way that society views certain people, the way our friends view certain people. But choose to form our own opinions of people and choose the best, choose to see the best in others. The third is that he shows the value of people. People are valued. Everyone matters and people are not projects. He places value upon people by the way he treats them. I remember being down at the jetty one day, maybe 12 months ago, and... um, I saw a friend, a girl that I used to work with, and um, she was with another girl. I had Oak with me, and she had a little boy, and we were just kind of chatting about our kids, and and this other girl comes along, and she goes, oh, this is my friend so-and-so. And I said, oh, hi. And she goes, where do you get your parenting advice from? And I was like, uh, I read books, I read blogs, I talk to friends and and she was like okay and hands me this card and it said jw.org she goes there's some really great articles and really great stuff on here and I was like I am your project I am a box for you to tick today you've not even stopped to ask me my name and I'm not saying that everyone of that faith is like that don't get me wrong I'm not ragging on that but I thought You actually don't care about me. You haven't even stopped to ask me my name. You haven't stopped to ask what my son's name is. Like you haven't cared a single thing about me, but you've got these cards that you've got to hand out. And so I'm a box that you have ticked today. That's how I felt. Because how you treat people in the message that you're delivering is so important. And the fourth thing is that he treated people gently, kindly and respectfully. Not rudely, cruelly or harshly. And people were drawn to him. One of my favourite scriptures of all time is Proverbs 3.3, which someone wrote to me in a card once and it took me a while to find the right translation because not every translation says it this way, but it says, don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials into your heart. And I just love that. And it's been one of those scriptures that it's like a life scripture. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck and write them deep within your heart. And that's what I want to be known for and how I treat people. But I love what it continues to say. Verse 4 says, earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of the people. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try and figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who'll keep you on track. Goes up to verse 6. I love that last part. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. And that's the key right there. 
People often ask, how do I hear God's voice? I was having this conversation with my girls the other day. It's like, how do you hear God's voice? It's like when... It's like there's this expectation there's going to be this big booming voice from heaven and you know God's speaking to you. It's like that's what I always kind of, as a kid, was like that's what you imagine. But I love what Shelley Giglio says and she says, your intuition is the Holy Spirit. When I read that, I was like, that just makes so much sense because there'll be this little unctionings all the time of like, positive, kind, loving, good things to do for people and say to people and and things like that. And that just, I just went, that makes so much sense, that your intuition is the Holy Spirit. And that's how God speaks to us. That, those little sensings and those little unctions, that is God speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is described as our helper. So in everything we do and everywhere we go, we have a helper and that little voice showing us the way. We need to take time, slow down, hear that voice. He will show us how to do the things to treat people with gentleness, respect, kindness and courtesy. I had um, this great example of this about 12 months ago or less. Um, And I don't know about other parents here, but I feel like I spend a lot of time waiting for my kids for things at the school gate, at dancing, at swimming lessons, at gymnastics. Spend a lot of time just sitting, waiting, ready for the next thing and there's great opportunities always to just get to know people, um, make friends with people, have conversations with people. Oftentimes, like I'm always blown away by people, like sometimes I'll like look around at swimming lessons and every parent is there on their phone And I'm like, it just saddens me that that's what society has become. We have these spare moments and we go straight to our phone. But I love just sitting, getting to know people, talking to people about their life. I've always had this fascination with people's lives. And it's not like a, a gossip, like, you know, weird thing. But I'm just fascinated by people's stories. That's what it is. And so one day, um... In one of these moments when I was waiting around, I, I just started chatting with one of these other mums and she just started to open up to me about her life. And um, she was a single mum and she had a lot going on in her life. She'd lost her partner a few years before to cancer. And, um, and just, she said, I don't know why I'm talking to you about all this. Like, I never open up or share any of this to anyone. And, and so just like... Um, as the weeks went by, I would just kind of check in on her and, and say, how are, you, how are you going? How are things going for you? And she got to a place of like quite a desperate place in her life, um, financially and other things. And I walked away one day and I had to go back then and, and pick one of the kids up. And I just felt the Holy Spirit, this little thing inside, this little voice, say, just write her a card and put $50 in it. And we always have this thing, it's like, we can't fix everything and do everything, but we can do what we can do. And so I just wrote her this card and I said, um, I went home and spoke to Justin and we just have this thing, if we feel like God's telling us to do something, we always will back the other one up. Um, 
And so just was like, go for it. And it took me 15 minutes just to obey and do this thing. And I went and bought a card and got $50 out. And I just said, I wish I could do more. Um, but we are of this firm belief that um, while we cannot fix everything, we can do something. And this is what we can do to help you in your situation. And I'm praying for you and I'm believing that your future would be bright. And that was all. And I went... Um, back and picked Luca up and had this in an envelope and I just gave this to this lady and I said I just want you to have this and she just put it in a bag and she was like thank you and then the next week came and she came over to me crying and um, she just said I went home and opened that she said no one has ever done anything like that for me in my life before and she said her and her daughter sat there and wept and for us it wasn't a big deal like I said it took me 15 minutes got a card wrote what I felt to wrote gave it to her but for her her and her daughter sat there and cried she said no one has ever done anything like that for us in our life before And then I was able to talk to her more and I said, look, we've got this thing, um, organisation at church called Cap Money and uh, it's run by this beautiful lady, Judy, and um, if you're interested in in getting some help with getting on your feet, some strategies financially for that, we would love to help you out. And um, she was like, that would be amazing. So I passed her number on to Judy and vice versa and then Judy met up with her and uh, they started going for walks together and Judy who's got an incredible testimony quite similar like there were so many amazing um, things that they related to was then able to share her story and and you know she still hasn't been to church but that's okay I'm in relationship with her Judy's in relationship with her and the point of the story is that It's not our job to go and rescue everybody and be everything to everybody. It's our job to obey the Holy Spirit. And so everybody has a story and everyone is on a journey. And when we obey the Holy Spirit, it's like we're putting down a piece of the puzzle for them and their life and their discovery of Jesus. And so that's our job. And we get to be part of the journey. We get to be part of the story. We get to be... Like, it's such a great privilege that Jesus would entrust us with his Holy Spirit and use us in playing out and being a part of people's lives. So our job is to love God, love people, and to be a little part of the puzzle of people's lives all around us. But like I said, it all begins with a deep love for people, a revelation of what Jesus has done for us. Like that we know Jesus so deeply, that he is so real to us, that we know that he's the answer for others. And so out of that place, we love people. We obey the Holy Spirit. We be quick. Sometimes it's not easy and sometimes I miss the mark. Sometimes I know that the Holy Spirit is telling me to do something, but life and busyness gets in the way or I forget. And that's the challenge is to slow down enough to be so aware of that voice. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. 
We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.